What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8-Bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week we bring you all our takes on all the news you need to know about. I'm your host, Jack Cruz, and joining me this week from Player2.net, host of the Dev Diary podcast, it's the man, the mayor of Geelong, Paul James. Hello. I think there's a Paul. there's a few people claiming that title, but I'll take it. That's all right. I'll, I'll go with it. Is Darren, is Darren Lyons still the actual mayor down there? Uh, he's probably been thrown out half a dozen times and keeps finding a way back in. And then, yeah. and then I'm wrestling with Billy Brownless and Cameron Ling and now Gary Ablett's back. So it's... Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of the king. Of, he's more the king of Geelong, isn't he? The, 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 the prodigal son returns. Well, I mean, Billy is the king of Geelong. We've, we've, there's that footage True. here. We, we can't yeah. can't dispute that one. So no, no, no. Our international listeners have no, no idea, idea what, what we're, we're talking about. about. And if mm. that's the case, look up uh, Billy Brownless goal after the siren. Don't you YouTube dare! Oh, yeah, it's Don't a soft. It's a, it's a touchy spot for you. Don't. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Now I have no sympathy for you that Gary Ablett's been um, suspended. So oh, just boo him. <laughs> get we'll get that. to that soon. Uh, how are you, my friend? It's good to have you back on the show. Not that I, not that I got to speak to you the last time you were on the show. No, you were the, with Tom. Yeah, the, when I was, the only when time I was I've been away. on was with Tom, and that mm. was when you were away for a, was three or four weeks or thereabouts. Was yeah, it roughly? a couple of weeks. I went, I went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks, so um, which was something. It's good to get away. And, uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that wasn't a great holiday for me, actually, which is disappointing. But uh, I won't go into the details of that. Fair enough. Um, but uh, but anyway, welcome back. How are you? How's things? How, you're about to move? Yeah. Exciting um, times. I am, th- the day of our recording here, I'm a day away from the removalist rocking up and taking everything and relocating about 15 minutes up the road. Magnificent. So, Magnificent. It, there's boxes all over the place. The, the master bedroom's got shit everywhere. That's where I've been set up for the last few mm. weeks to do any Player 2 related work that I do. Mm-hmm. But the finish line is in sight and then we'll be able to start to slowly put things together from there. So... It's going to be good. Congratulations. Thank you. I know I've said it too. What have you been up to, though? Oh, well, I've been crook. Um, uh, this episode, obviously, is a little bit later. Uh, we're about four days overdue from the last... From It's been nearly... Been a week and a half. Um, we were supposed to record last Thursday night. Unfortunately, I've, I've been unwell. Uh, but we're back and back in the back in the saddle. Uh, I'm doing all right, you know. I'm a bit raspy, but... Um, had a good Saturday. Watched the doggies beat the Tigers, which was magnificent. Would have been a nice little surprise. Did you tip it? No, well, I don't tip anymore. Um, but I didn't. I don't know. Like I kind of just never go in with any expectations at the moment around what the doggies are going to dish up. But I kind of had. I did have kind of like a feeling that they might have an upset. Yeah. Because they haven't been that far off the mark in the last you know, month. Like the Carlton game was horrendous, but we should have beaten Gold Coast. We should have beaten Collingwood and we should have beaten Fremantle, if not for bad kicking and bad kicking is bad footy. Uh, so I didn't think we were too far off. And I just thought if we could kick straight and, you know, make the most of our opportunities in our inside fifties and clearances, then we'd be a chance. And, and if Aaron Norton we... fires up, it's game over Ooh, for any of the opposition. What a, what a gun player I, that is. Oh mate. I, I don't want to get to, I don't want to, you know, hype him up too much, but he's got a little bit of Chris Grant about him. So um, he's a very, very good footballer. If he's half as successful as, Chris Grant, then he's going to have a very good career. So, oh, absolutely right, absolutely right. And get, so, de- no, that was- and get deprived of a Brownlow. And oh god, god forbid. Um, still a travesty. Ian Collins <laughs> can eat a big bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> bloody daylight robbery that was. Uh, I hear that but- every now and then. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Only from your mob, though. Oh well, you know, you guys won a grand final of a ball that hit the post, so. 
You guys have been on the risk. You've been on the good end of of those types. We we won uh, by seven points, so we would have won by a point regardless. uh, Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) But that was good. And then I ended up, I I made uh, the... Look, it was was good. It was a good night. But I went out after the football. I was going to go home and... Uh, but I ended up going around to a friend's house and ended up not getting home until 6.30 in the morning. So had a uh, quite the evening. Um, <laughs> ended up back in the city and, and up to all kinds of shenanigans. But I'm paying for it now, most definitely, um, because I, I wasn't quite recovered from the Thursday night death. And, uh, and I kind of just set myself back a little bit. But, you know, you live and learn, right? Just double you up make... on the herd. It's all right. Yeah, you only live it, once. Man. Like, yeah, damn right. Damn right. And like I always say, Paul, life's too short not to do the things that you want to do. So If that means drinking um, till 6.30 in the morning, then damn it, I'll drink till 6.30 in the morning, right? That's it, my friend. Yeah. That is it. <laughs> uh, now, Paul, we are here for the news. It has oh, been what? a massive week in news, as it generally is. Oh, it's, you know, we've had a good run lately. Um, some of this news is somewhat outdated. Would have been very good to, to get this stuff on but last week. But nevertheless... The show must, the showbiz baby, the show must go on. First thing I wanted to talk about uh, is Game of Thrones. Everyone knows Game of Thrones. Uh, particularly the last week's episode, not this most recent one that's just aired, but the, the Battle of Winterfell episode, um, which is one of, if not the most anticipated moment in television history almost. Um, all around the world, people tuned in and watched the episode. Uh, I don't know about you, Paul, but I could not see shit. Um, the episode has been widely criticized for being too dark and of poor quality. Uh, which, considering the importance of that particular episode in this series, one of the biggest television series of all time, I just felt abs- I found absolutely staggering at the poor quality. And not just this episode, but all season, I found it's been really bad. Um, what did you make of the... Basically, basically, for the listeners who might not watch the show, um, the, the, the it was shot extremely dark. And the compre- the way that the file, obviously the, the compression the file- that, they, that HBO uses uh, led to a lot of art- artifacting and other yes. visual issues that um, hampered the experience, whether you were an American consumer using mm. HBO Go or mm. whether you were Foxtel. Uh, I saw only up till about 10 minutes before we started recording uh, our good mm. friend Ryan Betson complaining about Foxtel Go and the fact that it's all coming to a screeching halt just before oh, he gets to watch Game of Thrones and all that sort of stuff. Oh, um, so that's true to form, uh, but mm. just all these other services, it didn't matter what you used, whether your connection mm. was great or not. Um, whether you had a 4k TV or a standard TV, yeah. it was terrible. For and everyone. we yeah. not knowing the issues that were going on, we'd, we'd close the curtains and turn the mm. lights off, managed to get the baby asleep and he stayed that way. Thank God. Thank God. But, um, <laughs> uh, and even then we were sitting back on, is this, is this us on our end or is this, mm. what is it? And you know, ultimately it all came out that. Look, I don't think it's the showrunner's fault. I don't. I understand their design intention, and if we mm. if we get that copy on Blu-ray or 4K HD disc, whatever the whatever the case may be, a few months from now, it's mm. going to look exactly mm. how they intended. And I mm. wouldn't rule out people singing a slightly different tune, but because mm. of the service that we were all provided, it didn't lend itself mm. very well to it, um, mm. and certainly I think impacted the critical reception of that episode mm. in terms of critics but also fans oh for sure um, it was just disappointing and, and uh, look this is i don't this is not isolated like i've been finding this every episode leading up to 
last week's episode, um, in the periods where it's quite dark, whether it's at night time or they're in Winterfell and it's very dark and it's wintry and there's not a lot of sunlight or natural light kind of going yep. on, I, I've found a lot of that artifacting and, and it looks like you're watching a, a bloody, you know... Uh, Looks like you're watching a VHS a, a, a down, yeah, or like a downloaded, you know, like I ripped it off. Bloody, I pay 120 bucks a month for Foxtel. It looks like I ripped it off bloody torrent pirate or whatever the other people out there use. Yeah, um, like you know, it's it's just it, <laughs> um, it's it's yeah, it was really disappointing. And, and I think just from I guess what this show means as far as just like pop culture relevance and and everything that it's been leading up to you know the eight years that we've been waiting for this show to to be what we've been waiting for this culminated culmination of this you know ride that we've been on and to get you know the biggest moment in its in the show's history and to, for it to be that poor quality i just found it really staggering and and i understand the technicalities of it but there has to be like not every show looks like that and there are ways that you can do it you know they've they've pushed the boundaries of what they wanted to do to try and make it this amazing thing where it with the technology that we have today you couldn't you just every man couldn't enjoy it yeah i mean it's a shame the thing about it is you could yeah, and like you spoke about past episodes there's been plenty of scenes that are look they look great um it's well mm. lit whatever and i think it was highlighted the most during that episode when mm. and slight spoilers here but i mean there's dragons in game of thrones uh mm. they're they're sailing through the clouds there and the artifacting mm. is horrendous and you could barely even mm. tell that the dragons were in fact dragons and they're bumping into mm. each other and i'm thinking is what what's you know i couldn't actually tell yeah. what the hell was going on and i know part of that was yeah. by design but if the technology mm. is delivering in the way it's supposed to then we would have still been able to tell who was who and what was what and all mm. that sort of thing. And yeah. they're, they're bouncing around through the clouds and then all of a sudden they explode out of the clouds into into the kind of, into actual some moonlight and it looked mm. stunning. Mm. Um, and there was probably, I don't know, my recollection, probably 20, 30 seconds of that up there and kind mm. of t- everyone taking a bit of stock and then they dive back into the clouds again and all of a sudden mm. that artifacting reappears and it was mm. it was at that moment I've gone, okay, this is, this is not me on my end. This is, yep. I don't even know if this is the showrunners or those you know behind mm. the scenes this might be an hbo thing here mm. um, yeah exactly right and that was kind of when the penny dropped for me and yeah that's ultimately where it seems to have well the majority <laughs> of the issue seems to reside yeah and it takes it just takes a lot away from the experience and i guess spoilers for game of thrones this isn't really a spoiler but spoilers if you're sensitive like me people know people die in game of thrones and i had to google at the end of the episode who died because i wasn't 100 percent sure who survived yeah because you just could not see you just could not tell um which was, you know, disappointing. So, um, I, I noticed it in today's episode that aired. There was in some of the scenes where it was a bit darker when they were like inside a darker place. Um, it was, you know, I noticed the same thing, the artifacting in that, which is just, I just find it, I, again, I keep coming back to the fact that this is the biggest television show of all time. This is the most anticipated series like season of television of all time and it's at this low quality i just i find it just absolutely staggering and especially from an organization like hbo which has produced some of the greatest shows of all time you know the sopranos boardwalk empire do they have the wire as well no no, that was um or maybe it was maybe they did the wire yeah i thought they had the wire i I thought maybe cbs was the wire i'm not sure I'm going to Google that because that's going to do my head in. But, yeah, sorry, um, I've gone and put the seed in your head there. But, no, that's um, all right. Yeah, I mean, but, look, they have some incredible TV shows and, yeah, this is without doubt the biggest one of the lot and it's been hmm. 
impacted by just a poor service that they're providing, really. That was HBO, you're right. That's then extended beyond just the confines of where HBO Go is provided, but around the world and everyone's complaining about the same thing. And Mm. uh, yeah, I don't know, it's not... It's not access, uh, sorry, acceptable given the services that we've got around the world that don't have these issues. Exactly right. They have other issues. The thing, but- a lot of people, a lot of, yeah, exactly. A lot of people were like, I was seeing a lot of commentary and people were like, God damn, I'm going to have to go out and buy a new TV. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold your horses. Like, it's not your fault. Um, and I was the same. Like, before I sort of looked into the fact that everyone was having the same issue, because I have Foxtel, I have a 4K TV. And I have the standard Fox that's like four years old. So I haven't yep. upgraded to like HD or anything like that. And so watching sport and some of that kind of sometimes is, it's better quality on like my standard def or like my normal HD TV out in yep. the, which is about five years old out in the lounge room than it is on the 4K TV because they, they don't match up. The screen's a lot bigger and um, it looks worse watching SD on a 4K TV yep. than it does watching it on a normal one. Um, and so I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to finally up, upgrade my Foxtel and Sure enough, I'm I'm not going to now because there's only two episodes left, and I'm like, well, stuff. Just see it out, buy it later, and go from there. That's it. That is it. All right, moving on to our next story, Paul. As predicted by yours truly in the 2018 (laughs) in review episode of It Is What It Is, Avengers Endgame, the final movie in the Infinity Infinity Saga from Marvel Studios, has passed titanic at the box office currently sitting at a 2.2 billion dollars a cool 2.2 billion dollars at the box office and is expected to pass avatar and become the highest grossing film of all time paul i fucking called it called it it was very nicely done um Mm, i mean there was plenty of contention before the year began what's going to be oh i don't know how much contention there was but you at least Mm. saw people putting the question out there on social media or whatever Mm. the case may be is it going to be avengers is it going to be star wars episode nine which rightly Mm. could make an argument given it's meant to be the closing Mm. of this whole thing who knows how much damage uh the last (laughs) movie did to some people i don't know i a lot (laughs) i mean i can't imagine it would it would hurt it that much but the the star wars nerds will keep coming back jj abrams is going to save us yeah from from what we've got anyway i'm not i I won't go i won't do a last jedi rant this week i or maybe i will i personally am a big last jedi fan but anyway everyone is i don't know this is weird i I talk to people all the time they're like yeah i loved it i'm like i understand that there are a couple of little faults and some weird inconsistencies but otherwise i mean Mm. we we get that and cycling back to our game of thrones conversation inconsistencies Mm. and weird things did you notice Mm. the starbucks coffee cup that's in the episode of, of Game of Thrones. In the most recent one, episode four, there is a Starbucks... No, Starbucks coffee. Uh, there's a <laughs> the big, I mean, thing in one of the halls there. They're, sit- uh, they're sitting there talking and camera pans away and you see a Starbucks coffee cup sitting on the middle That's of the desk. Brilliant. So- Go and maybe it's not. Maybe it was meant to be there. Maybe there's some time traveler. Or yeah, something. maybe. Yeah, that's. Oh no, it'd have to be like a universe. There's, there's, there's another there's twist. Westeros is fictional. Anyway, it, um, but um, yeah. Uh, anyway, inconsistencies and other weird stuff. Mm. Um, Look, it doesn't surprise me that Avengers is racking up the numbers it has. Mm. They don't have my money because... Oh, what? You haven't seen it yet? Mate, I am... And this this is not the proudest thing. I'm about 10 movies behind. Ah, uh, It was okay. one of those things. So, the last one that I saw was Age of Ultron. Okay. And Ant-Man was the next movie to come out. And for whatever reason at the time, I just didn't mm. get an opportunity to go see it. So, the mm. next movie comes mm. out and I said, no, no, I won't go do that until I've seen Ant-Man. But then that same thing has just kept piling on to the point where I'm now about it, getting close to a dozen movies behind. I am going to rectify yeah, this at some point, but it is one of those things where, yeah, I, 
uh, unfortunately, I've had little bits and pieces spoiled for me along the way. Uh, the internet yeah. and teaching a bunch of teenagers does that too. Yeah, um, but I think most things have been protected. And I'm, I don't think I know anything about this new what? movie so far. Thank well, God. that's the Russo brothers have come out and said that um, the spoiler ban is lifted as of today. So um, buyer beware, mute all on Twitter and everything, all Endgame Avengers tags, um, which is what I did. So I went in. I, I watched it opening night. So I, I'd done um, a rewatch. I started at the start of this year. I watched from you know Iron Man all the way through. The only one I didn't watch was the Incredible Hulk, but I watched all the way through. You're not missing much until- there. Though. So yeah, well that's it. Um, which is interesting because I really liked it. I, from what I remember, I haven't seen it for ten years. I don't think um, the Incredible Hulk, but I remember really liking it when I um, watched it again. But from all reports, it wasn't that people didn't really enjoy it. But um, yeah, I did my rewatch. I I which I, I thought was oh, you know what I recommend you do that. Like I would if I was you, I would go back and start Iron Man and just watch one every week or every couple of days or whatever. Like you know if you can and um that is actually yeah, the plan you, yeah to just yeah inch my way through them probably by the time but, i've watched them all that's when the latest one's it'll out be out on, on blu-ray yeah, or something yeah, yeah exactly right um get so it without any artifacting and any of that sort of, sort of rubbish yeah exactly right it's spot on um but yeah no this is also like i, I honestly like before and this was a pie in the sky kind of when i predicted this i it was it was more of like a um hail mary hit and hope um, cause I never thought anything would get close to Avatar cause Avatar was, you know, Avatar, I don't know. It's a weird one. I find that people are really harsh on Avatar. People are like, oh, that movie's trash. And I'm like, I thought well, it was all right. It was nominated for best picture that year. It nearly just about won it, but the Hurt Locker beat it. Um, you know, it's the highest grossing film of all time. So it can't be that bad. It's one of those I things. I remember enjoying it. Popular to hate it. Yeah. It's like Nickelback. Yeah. Um, but, Final um, Fantasy seven or Gary Ablett. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, I found, I, I, I mean, I find the, the, the revisionist history around Avatar to be quite, quite interesting. Um, but Avatar, what it had going for it was, um, the whole 3D thing. In it terms of that, profitability. That, absolutely. Yeah. It had that big 3D, you know, which was, you know, I think at the time more expensive to go and see in 3D. So people were going to see it and it was like an event kind of thing. It wasn't yeah. like people were going to see the movie. They were like, we have to see this crazy thing and get the spears coming out of the thing you know, or the whole lot. And um, I never saw it. I've never, I've seen, actually, no, sorry. I've seen one movie in 3D and it wasn't even really 3D. It was Phantom Menace. It was like re-released. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, it was weird. Um, I mean, if they retroactively do it, it doesn't necessarily have the same effect. I did go see Avatar in 3D and it, yeah. it, from that respect, I mean, it looks phenomenal anyway. Yeah, But with the 3D component in there, it did, it, it blew me away what they were doing with the technology. I thought, oh, this is going to be the next mm. big thing. Mm. Nope. But nope. <laughs> but what it did, yeah, it did really out well. pretty quick. So. Remember 3D TVs? Oh, it was going to be, that was going to be it. And 3D games and everything. It was all, all meant to be the next big thing, but it, it died in a heap kind of, no one mm. seemed to be able to replicate that same avatar like success. Mm. So that yeah. was the end of that. Yeah, it's a very interesting one. Um, but this is cool. I think this is great. I think this is good for movies and good for entertainment that this is going to be the highest grossing film of all time. And some people might argue that it's a bad thing because it's Disney and everyone hates Disney now because, again, it's a cool thing to do. Um, but I loved the movie. Um, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I'm int- I'm intrigued with what they're going to do now, like what the next sort of phase is. Isn't, we've obviously got Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to say Spider-Man's next, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, which is great. I love Spider-Man, love Tom Holland. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, this is cool. This is a, this is a cool story. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think that we would ever see a movie pass 
Avatar and for that to be on the cusp, like it's $2.2 billion as of, I think, this morning. And that's only um, it's after two weeks on the market, really. Yeah, like Avatar got to um, 2.8 after yeah. 47 days, something like that I read. Um, and so, uh, like this has done it in two and a bit weeks. It'll do it with a bit of time up its sleeves at this rate. Mm, absolutely. Um, or not even two. I don't even think it's been two weeks yet. Um, no, I'm going to go back for a would second. Would be this coming Thursday or Wednesday yeah, or whatever this Thursday it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be two weeks this Thursday, correct. Because we recorded this, or Wednesday, this Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, because we recorded the spoiler cast on Thursday the week before. Um, it's just going to be crazy, so, like to your point about Disney, that they are going to have, I think in my mind, without doubt, unless something comes out of left field, the, the top three grossing movies of the year between this uh, mm. Star Wars Episode Nine, and in mm. my mind, The Lion King being the other one. Mm. Yeah, um, true. I feel like true, that's that's probably the next big one for them. Outside Got Aladdin the- and Dumbo as well. Yeah, and they'll they'll do really well. I think Lion King might be and, the biggest and of the lot. Spider Man and yeah. Spider Man. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with with the success of this movie, and, and mm. we knew we knew it was going to be successful, but with the incredible mm. success of that, surely a large portion that's just going to bleed straight across to the new Spider Man. Anyway, the only mm. the only thing will be is how many people are going to see it for a second or a third or a fourth time. Like is obviously happening in the case of Avengers. Mm. I think Tom, our friend Tom, um, I think he's been four, three or four times already to see it. Yeah, and the, um, and the question will be is, will the likes of, say, Tom, for example, go and see mm. Spider-Man in the exact same way, like that many times? Yeah, possibly. That, well, I that'll think be the so. point of difference. I, th- I think you'll see that because I think if we remember back to the Avengers when that was first released, um, obviously smashed the box office as well. It's up there as well. I think it's up in the top tens. Um, it's definitely got over a billion. It might even be two billion now. I'm, I'm, I don't have the list up, but um, the if if you if we remember going back to that, the next movie in that in the MCU was Iron Man three, which is what like I I think it's a, a okay enough movie, but it's yeah. been it's widely considered one of the worst in the MCU, and um, and it it grossed over a billion dollars. Like it was a massive one. Like it it was, you know, I think Captain America, First Avenger did like 500 million or something like that from memory. And then a, a billion, like Avengers did a billion and then Iron Man 3 did a billion as well. So like the, the jump after the first Avengers movie was massive. Yeah. And now, you know, I think we'll see the same flow onto... It's um, home, one of those uh, rising tide lifts well. all boats things where with each Spot on. massive release, the next one just rides that wave further and further. Correct. Which makes me wonder how far it's going to go. Yeah, well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to to seeing what they dish up next. Obviously, they now own, you know, Fantastic Four, X Men, Deadpool. So we're gonna see all of that. I imagine in the next sort of you know decade, we'll get that that whole you know. It'll be really cool to see. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can make of this whole thing. So, um, it'll be. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I've spoken about as well, like the double-edged sort of Disney owning every, anyone and everything and, and how it can be bad. But um, the nerd inside me still is a little bit, is very much excited for what's next. Look, if so. the quality is still good, then I don't think anyone has really any right to sit back and criticize as long as it doesn't mm. result in Disney slash Marvel slash Lucasfilm mm. in all these sort of cases. Uh, mm. Just rest on their laurels and pump out poorer products mm. for it, then... Mm. I, un- yeah. I understand the concerns in terms of things becoming monopolized and all that sort of thing, but... Mm. Yeah, and, and that's where my concern falls with it all. It's not so much the quality, because I think the quality of the MCU has been, you know, top tier, and what they've been able to do over 23 films over the last decade is, you know, 
a feat in cinema like we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and that has to, something that has to be commended and recognised as something quite important. However, um, what, like I said, my concern is not so much around the quality, but that monopolising of the film industry, the entertainment industry, and owning everything and and pushing out the lesser studios and you know um, less movies, bigger bigger. Um, you know, budgets for the blockbusters and that kind of thing. And that's what sort of, you know, yeah, that's what worries me. Yeah, advertising dollar goes to Disney because they're going to get the big numbers unlike, mm. I don't know, the latest, next MGM movie or whatever it happens to be. Well, exactly right. Yeah, they can, you know, they can control distribution. They can dictate terms to, cin- you know, cinema groups and that by going, well, look, you know, we have all of these movies. We want all of these screens and that pushes, you know, yeah, Paramount's next whatever yeah. off to the side. So... Yeah, that is the concern. All right, our next story. Australian cricketer James Faulkner was out. And then upon <laughs> review, given not out. The star Nicely player done. posted to his Instagram. How was that pun? Was that all right? Beautiful. Very good. Uh, the star player posted to his Instagram account last week with a photo of himself and his friend with his mother on his birthday and with a caption that read, birthday dinner with the boyfriend. And in brackets, he's put best mate. At Rob Jubster. And my mother at Rosalind Carol Faulkner. Heart, heart, heart. Hashtag together for for five years. Uh, Then the media cashed in. Every news outlet was reporting that Faulkner had come out as gay. The waves of support gushed in and Faulkner was labelled a trailblazer and brave. Then Faulkner followed up his post with this. There seems to be a misunderstanding about my post from last night. I am not gay. However, it has been fantastic to see the support from... And for the LBGT community, let's never forget love is love. However, at Rob Juster is just a great friend. Last night marked five years of being housemates. Good on everyone for being so supportive. The backlash was outstanding. People calling for his head for making light of a serious matter. That no player had come out of the closet and now this has turned into a joke. So... Was Faulkner irresponsible in his post? Should he not have made it, knowing the outcome of the situation? Or the media to blame for jumping the gun and reporting on the issue before having checked their facts? Look, um, you hear it all the time. Um, versions of this you hear, um, mm. you know, girlfriend get thrown around so casually just amongst friends and, for example, mm. um, to just kind of flip, uh, flip the scenario there. I... I have to presume that he was using it in a similar sort of sense and maybe mm-hmm. he was a little bit flippant with his language, um, mm-hmm. but there was no malice in the thing. Maybe it was a bit clumsy and maybe he's learned a little bit about that. But beyond that, I mean, I see yep. a lot of the problems here being with the media and how they, they want to mm-hmm. make something like that such a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. if it turned out he was gay, well, great, whatever. Uh, yep. On with their lives, does it, does it affect you? No? Okay, great. Who cares? Get out of here. Um, I understand that there was a little bit of extra confusion added to the thing when you got the likes of uh, Glenn Maxwell and several other players that all commented mm. saying, yeah, congratulations and blah, 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 blah. And mm. maybe they also genuinely believed that that was actually the case. Maybe they mm. read, into, read into it the same way that plenty of others did. Um, mm. And if they didn't, if they actually knew otherwise, then they've not made yeah. things any easier either. Mm. But um, I, yeah, I think... Really, it's down to the way people are responding to it and the way the media has picked it up. And it's it's a clicks business, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. that was always going to get some clicks. Um, so, I don't know. It's just a shame how it all played out in that particular regard. But I'm glad he yeah. got on the front foot and tried to clarify. And he did his mm. best um, to acknowledge it. I understand how. Uh, and 
it, it threw me off every time I was reading and discussing with people because I think he says the L lgbt and oh, it's, yeah he's did it around the wrong way it's, it's LBGT, yeah. I think, and which LGBT. which mess with the way i'd say because i even noticed it with you, you kind of paused yeah, over yeah. those two letters yeah because I, I had to yeah flip it around in your head mm. um look i understand how people of that community might be a little bit frustrated by the by the thing but at the same time we can't ignore the fact that uh phrases like girlfriend and boyfriend are used more casually than simply you know um uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I 110% echo your sentiments. Um, I think this was clumsy by the and like you said, yeah. In hindsight, maybe he should have, you know, you know, not should he not have made the post? I don't think so. I think it was a harmless thing. Maybe he didn't realize at the time that people might take it as literal, um, because you know he knows himself. Like he obviously knows that he's not gay, but. Yeah everyone knows not everyone knows that obviously so he might have it might have just obviously it's just a miscalculation on his point of view um so as far as that goes i have no real issue with that obviously i'm talking from someone who's not in that community and is not in that yeah it affects us differently yeah i'm I'm speaking from a you know a different perspective obviously however i think like you said this is the media's like this was the media's fault like this was their you know they didn't clarify they ran the stories off an, off an Instagram post. You know, it could have been anything. It could have been someone hacked his phone and did like, you know, it could have been anything. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they, they ran with it. Um, but I, overall, I see this as an overwhelmingly positive thing. So obviously we've, we've never, or we've, I think there's like one, there's only ever been one professional male sportsman from Australia who's come out as gay or not, not including like, I'm talking from like the code. So we've had yeah. like swimmers and... Well, you got the likes <laughs> of uh, Ian Thorpe, if I'm correct. Yeah, Ian Thorpe. Yeah. Um, you know, the, um, the I remember the diver who won the gold medal. and um, But I'm talking from like the from the sporting code. So like cricket, rugby, soccer, AFL. Um, AFL. We've never... We've, there's one guy who ever, who ever came out and played um, for the NRL. Um, but if, if we can take anything from this, and this is what I take from this, is that overwhelming flow of support that he received... Uh, as misled as it was, shows that we are absolutely ready as a nation for a sports person to come out as gay. Because this, so this guy came out and he's not, a, like Cameron Faulkner is a very well-known, um, you know, sportsman. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's Represented popular, Australia for quite some time. Yep, yep, absolutely. You know, quite busy sorry, on James social Fa- media. Not Cameron Faulkner, yeah, James right. Faulkner. Um James Faulkner is a very... Cameron Faulkner used to play for the Bulldogs. Um, James Faulkner is a very well-known... Well, fairly well-known cricketer, but he's not Steve Smith. You know, no. He's not Pat Cummins. He's not, you know, one of the top, top elite. He's a very, very good cricketer, but he's not, you know... And for the for the overwhelming support that he received um, from everyone, the public, for, uh, you know, co-players, the media, everyone praising this is amazing and brave and this is such a great you know, moment of someone's a professional sports person's finally coming out as gay, et cetera, and so on. It shows that we're ready. Like yeah. as a, you know, there's always been that fear that, you know, they're not going to be accepted or they'll be ridiculed, et cetera, and so on. And, and I'm sure there would be that because there's always idiots. Like we still have idiots in the crowds of AFL games being racist and being racist on social media. So you're always going to have that regardless. Yeah. But it shows that the overwhelming majority are going, that's amazing, great, happy, like we're happy for you. That's I'm, We're so glad that you're able to feel comfortable to do that. So I see this as a positive. While it wasn't quite 
that first one to come out it's shown that as a community as a nation where you know we will be accepting of that person when they do make the decision to to do that well what that might actually do is help that that gay um, cricketer or that gay footballer or whatever the case may be actually feel comfortable enough in stepping out there and and you know outing themselves uh, going forward because of what they've seen in this particular scenario that maybe they were very fearful before and seeing the response here makes them feel comfortable in actually uh, stepping out and announcing themselves uh, yeah. in such a way. And look, that the reality is no one's obliged to step out publicly and say that anyway. Um, hmm. Maybe people within their own clubs or those sorts of things may actually know this already. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to imagine that, well. that being the case given the way the media is. Hmm. Um, the media sent, seems to just find their way into everything because everyone talks. Um, Mm. So I'd imagine it within a lot of, let's just suppose the local AFL club, um, if there's someone there who is gay, it's probably not common knowledge within the club Mm. because, Mm. yeah, I think if if it was, we'd know about it. Mm. I would have to imagine it would, like, I have to imagine it would be like, if you think about, you know, football clubs and and there's like, you spend every day with these people, like you, you know, you, you, you know their families. You go to you go away on trips with them. Like you, I'm sure that there would be gay. Obviously, I have no doubt about it. And surely their teammates would know, or at least some of their teammates would know. Like these are the people you spent every day with, your work colleagues, basically. I'd have to imagine that they would know, and they just obviously haven't made it public. Um, and good which luck, is a shame. Good luck to them. Yeah, if, hope- if this helps at all, then I think it's great. Yep, absolutely agreed. Agreed. So um, yeah, it was an interesting. I remember. Of the morning, my partner texts me and she's like, oh, do you see about James Faulkner? And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, cool. And I looked at the Instagram post. I'm like, oh, I'm like, mm. not so sure. <laughs> I'm like, maybe they've misinterpreted this. And, and then sure, sure enough, a couple of hours later, um, it was revealed to not be the case. Uh, next story, Paul, uh, the not so much anticipated Sonic the Hedgehog movie had its first trailer <laughs> revealed this past week. And the internet lost their collective shit, calling the design of hedge of the hedgehog creepy, unsettling, wrong, and downright terrible. Then, the unthinkable happened. The director of the movie tweeted the following: Jeff Fowler said, "Thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design. You want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best it can be." Hashtag Sonic movie, hashtag gotta fix fast. So, Sonic is seemingly in for a redesign. But is this in fact a good thing? What does this mean for creative people and their art and their vision? Will this create a ripple effect in the industry or any industry for that matter? And that if you're loud and angry enough, you may just get what you want. Paul, the Sonic trailer dropped. It was interesting to say the least. And the people were upset about his teeth. Look, <laughs> and his creepy face, <laughs> and then the directors are going to change it, which I just find absolutely staggering. As as a movie, and look, obviously we can only base it on trailer. It doesn't look all that crash hard, and it looks like um, Jim Carrey is the thing that's going to hold this movie together. But yeah, but even, um, then, but even the, like the the other stuff, I mean, this thing, especially games or games adjacent related stuff, is not unusual. I think back to would have been 2008-ish now, yeah. Uh, yeah. where Infamous 2 PS3 yeah. game had been announced and, and the main protagonist, Cole, yeah. looked very different to mm. 
what he uh, what he was known to be at that point, and then what he ultimately became when it was released, because there was a fan outcry, uh, and the design got reverted back to uh, the original the original intention from the first game. Yeah. Uh, so it's not an unusual thing. Um, I, I'll admit that Sonic looks a little bit. It looked whatever tense we want to use in this particular case. Uh, it didn't look quite right. I'm not a mm-hmm. I'm not a hardcore ride or die Sonic fan at all. In fact, I think I've only played Sonic Mania. I don't know whatever the most recent one is. Yeah, I've never really. Played I Sonic I, I don't particularly have much interest in it. Um, no. Not when you've got Mario, who yeah. has also had a very bad on screen re- uh, film representation. But anyway, mm. um, yeah, I get it. I get why there's complaints. Um, if it is the opinion of all relevant parties that yes, this is actually the right decision, we should change it. Then, then great, all credit to them. Uh, but I hope that it's just not the product of the backlash. Like I just hope that there was some little nagging thoughts in the back of the head saying, "Have we made the right decision here?" And this mm. was just what put them over the line versus them being really sure what they were doing, and then they copped such a negative response that they've decided, "All right, we better just flip the couch over, try uh, and go back." Go back to square one, because I would imagine mm. that the Sonic we get is not going to be too dissimilar to what we've seen in some of the art since. That is mm. the very traditional Sonic style, big eyes Sonic, and yeah, yeah, bit, bit sure, yeah. Look, I this is a, such a strange one. Like I, I never, I've never once thought that this movie would be anything other than bad. Yeah. Um, and watching that trailer didn't really change my... Like, I think I tweeted out when it was released. I said, this is either going to be absolutely disgusting or just okay. Like, this is not going to be a good movie, I don't think. Um, I hope... Maybe, I'm, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't know. I won't see it. Um, <laughs> but hopefully people like it. Uh, I saw the design of Sonic and I'm like, sure, it looks like what a bad Sonic movie would look like. And of course, people were going to be outraged you know people are always outraged that's just the way that it goes people freaking out about his teeth i'm like what does a hedgehog's teeth even look like like i don't know why are people freaking out about his teeth of all things um because people just looking for something to pick on well yeah exactly right and and now the the sort of the back and then the director to turn around and say we're going to redesign him I, i find this problematic because it sets a precedent and it means that you know the 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 angry mob has got their way and they're going to redesign Sonic. And they're obviously already worried about this film. For them to so quickly turn around and go, okay, cool, we'll change it. We'll give you what you want. Like, they're obviously worried this is going to be a bad or not well-received movie. Do you think that's a product of the, and it looks like, potentially, Detective Pikachu excluded, um, the fact that there hasn't really been a successful video game movie yet. And if the, the angry masses are stomping their feet and demanding they want this thing, well, then that's a chance that maybe this movie would be received better, that there's something like, do you, do you feel like that's some of the rationale there potentially at all? That we can kind of break uh, this curse in some way, quote unquote? Yeah, no, I'm not, probably not so much that specifically about it being a video game movie, but, you know, there's this is a studio, like this is Paramount, it's a big studio. It's, um, I believe it was Paramount. Um, yeah. You know, there's, um, yep, Paramount. So, you know, there's, there's money behind this. It's a big studio. It's, you know, Sega's a big company. Um, I think it's more about this not being, this just bombing and being a bad movie and hurting their brands than it being about it being a video game movie. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. Like I, 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 I find this 
you know, so these people are now going to go, but this movie's coming out, supposed to come out in what, six months or something like that? Yeah, like this- end of the year. And for Australia, apparently it's January, as uh, yeah. Drew from the House of Mario pointed out. Yeah, so the, these people, these designers and everything are going to have, artists are going to have to go back and, and crunch for the next six months to get this movie out. Um, and it sets a precedent of they're going to get overworked, probably underpaid, and studios are going to know that they can do this now, like that they can get away with this and they shouldn't be able to. And they, and they, it's, it's worrying for me. And I didn't think, I mean, honestly, like Sonic the, Sonic the Hedgehog, like who cares? Like, honestly, like, who really is that big of a Sonic fan? Let's be honest, there's, people. There's so some, we're going to get that upset about it. There's some crazies out there. There was... <laughs> I'm certainly not going to name names, but there was there was mm. a kid I taught, must be six or seven years ago now. He's in year 12, and I've never seen fandom for anything. Like, I've mm. seen this kid and his... Who, I say kid. He's now probably, probably about 25 years old, I guess, by now. Mm. Um, and I suspect nothing's changed. Um, it was unbelievable, the, just the love and adoration that I saw for Sonic. It's like mm. it's like no fandom, no one with a particular <laughs> fandom I've ever seen before. It was it was crazy. So they they exist, um, yeah. And sure. I'd imagine it's that particular crowd. Maybe not him specifically. I won't paint him in any light, but um, that particular crowd that just they're ravenous. And if it's not how we want it, we're gonna go ballistic. And apparently they mm. won. Mm. Yeah, they, apparently they did. It's unfortunate. Um, I, I would have preferred that they stood their ground and stuck to what their original creative vision was. Um, you know, maybe, yeah, who knows? Like, I, we could go on for this. Like, how did they get to that version of like what he looked like? You know, war, yeah, it's, it, it could go. We could go I on mean, for ages. It's, it's not like the actual game characters remained um, untouched and untainted throughout the the, the generations. Haha, <laughs> mm. yeah, certainly changed. Anyway, yeah. so. I don't know why this is necessarily a surprise to people. I get why they might want the the Genesis. I, I'm really dropping all these little Sega and Sonic puns. <laughs> um, but I mean, it doesn't really surprise me. Like, no, and it shouldn't surprise anyone else. No, no, unfortunate, unfortunate. Um, I hope the people enjoy the movie. Um, I like I said, I won't see it. Good luck to them. Um, but it certainly <laughs> won't do Avengers style numbers. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. All right, Paul. Let's close out the show with some rapid fire. rapid fire news. First cap off the rank, a uh, sad one. Peter Mayhew passed away this week. A uh, man who played the lovable Wookiee Chewbacca in the Star Wars franchise passed away peacefully with his family, age 74, just before the uh, May the 4th date. I think it was on the 30th of April he passed away. So sad story, very sad story. Um, you know, a much-loved character in pop culture. Uh, you know, Chewbacca's no longer with us. It's look. It's it's never good when anyone dies, especially mm. someone who has had such an impact on so many people. Um, mm. Which, in the case of Chewie in Star Wars, is a crazy one because he doesn't speak a lick of English. Um, mm. It's you know bleating and whatnot. That basically the sound effects that he's making, and yet it's mm. impacted so many people in so many uh, really powerful ways. So mm. I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for the family and the fans mm. and. Um, and just, I guess, the whole cast and everyone who's kind of worked with him over so long and anyone else who might mm. be on the peripheries there. It's, it's, and, the, I guess, the acting community as well. Um, mm. yeah. He's an important part of what we've now got. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I watched uh, on May the 4th, I sat down with my son and watched um, The Force Awakens again, which is my favourite Star Wars movie. Uh, and 
Such a great movie. Such a bloody good movie, that movie. And it just makes The Last Jedi even more <laughs> hard to swallow. So I watched The Last Jedi, as the listeners would know, I watched The Last Jedi a few weeks ago to see if it was still as bad as what I remember. And it was actually worse. I liked it less than the first time I saw it. And Get out then of here. watching The Force Awakens and how good that is just made the last jedi even worse for me so um i was very upset about that but i will say this about peter mayhew his performance in the force awakens i think is his best performance as chewbacca um his uh just his timing and his head nods and his just the the things that he does like i thought you know that was that was the best chewbacca that we've had i mean it's Um, a result of how cinema and acting has progressed in the the decade since he originally took on the role um Mm. It really lent itself to him and a lot of the the Star Wars cast and the fact that they got to reprise the roles and then there was a bit more depth and those sort of things to what they were trying to uh, tell in the movies. It lent itself well to him and what he was doing. Um, And presumably everything would have been done for The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Yeah, I imagine so. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, it was filmed quite a while back. Um, He was on... I know that he was on... um, like restricted as to what he could do because he was, you know, before the Force Awakens, he was wheelchair bound, um, and he, you know, he he did well to recover himself to get out of the wheelchair and, um, you know, be able to to do his role. And he had a, he had a less of a role in the Last Jedi, um, not a lot of moving around and that kind of thing. So, um, and yeah, I imagine it will have a similar, you know, type performance from him in uh, in the Rise of Skywalker. So. We'll have to wait and see, but rest in peace, I guess. R.I.P. Chewy. R.I.P. Chewy. Uh, and uh, next rapid-fire story. Booing in the AFL is at the forefront of discussions again. So Gary Ablett was booed last week. Collingwood's Scott Pendlebury was booed while receiving the medal for best on ground in the Anzac Day clash against Essendon. So, Paul, booing, yay or nay? I'm very much in the nay camp. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. I, and... You one of those. It's it's not because of the fact that it's Gary Ablett because I think I actually arced up the most off the back of the Scott Pendlebury thing, and there is a bit of a difference mm-hmm. between those things. Uh, Gary Ablett was booed in play. Um, it may or may not, in the eyes of many, been because of the fact that he liked Israel Folau's post. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not a hundred percent clear on that because I, and it was my argument when people first started discussing. They go, oh, "This has never happened to Gary Ablett before." And I'm like, I watched round one against Collingwood. They booed him mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and mm. Hawthorne supporters have been doing that to Gary Ablett for years when he was with Geelong mm. and when he was gone um, because they've got a bit of resentment to him because he's better than everyone mm. they've got. Um, mm. But, uh, look, I, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a great thing either way. I, I can understand if it's, if it's booing in response to an act that someone has performed on the field. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Gary himself was just booed this past weekend for a high hit that he landed on Dylan Shiel at least yeah, at the that point that we're recording this, he for. was suspended. I can understand why he got booed for that. Um, mm. I still don't like it, and it kind of made it a little bit hard to differentiate between was he getting booed because uh, because mm. of what happened before or because of this. It didn't matter. It gave the essence support as an excuse. Um, and mm. they've proven at Anzac Day that they know how to boo players that perhaps don't even deserve it. But anyway, um, yep. it's uh, it's just it's not attractive. And I, mm. it's, I, I get peop- the, the counter-argument is... Well, we can't just sit there and just applaud everything, and you know, there, there needs to be a bit more depth and all that sort of thing to what's going on, and it's it's part of the spectacle. But I don't know; it's it's hard to hear. Yeah, 
I'm I'm a yay and a nay for booing. So in the right context, I think booing is absolutely fine, and it is, um, and I encourage it in some situations. Well, sometimes so to put I'm, the person off, which I get yeah, that too. Yeah. So the nay, I'm not for. Like the booing of Adam Goods was for me yeah. not on. Um, the booing of Scott Pendlebury on Anzac Day, I thought was in bad taste. Um, not that, and that to be fair, they weren't really booing Pendlebury. They were booing what the um, the umpiring decisions at the end of that game. So, but again, place and time, Anzac Day, Anzac Day medal, great player receiving the medal, and to be booed was not not on. And the, Nathan Buckley obviously echoed those comments. His um, response was exceptional. He, I thought that was brilliant by Bucks. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, so, in those situations, I'm not for it. But other than that, I you pay your money as long as you're not racist or vile or you know sexist or whatever. By all means, go nuts. Like you pay your money, you go to the footy. You want to boo someone, but if a player leaves your club, boom, it's going to happen. Yeah. Anytime, anytime Ryan Griffin would get the ball when you when I play the ball, boo. <laughs> Nathan Brown, boo. You know, any of those blokes who've walked it, string up, boo. Like, I'll boo those guys till the cows come home. you damn right. You better believe it. When we play Geelong, I'm going to be booing Dalhouse. Now, maybe it's just that those us Geelong supporters are a better breed because I remember when Gary Abbott left, we didn't boo him. We applauded oh, him when he kicked the goal of the year. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, I'm all for booing in those situations. Guys <laughs> having a shot for goal, boo. A guy, you know, yeah. hits one of your players behind the ball, boo him. Like, all those things. I'm down. I'm, I'm. 100% okay with it. I think that's part of the game and I think it's something that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's You're expressing an emotion um, about the sport. It's not, you know, you know, it's about what's in the context of the sport. But yeah, like I said, I'm not for like the booing of... And just a, like... I kind of get the booing of Ablett if it was about the Israel Folau post, but I'm not sure it was because I feel like people were just booing him to because... I don't know. I don't get it. Because like, if people do the same thing to... Yeah, and people do the same thing to Buddy Franklin as well. They boo Franklin because um, he's a champion. Yeah, that's a really that's, weird that's I, I think, a little strange. bit of what it is. It's people trying to... It's the um, the tall poppy syndrome, I think, yeah, that comes yeah, out. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, Adam Goods here copped it, I think, because of uh, some of the, the race-related issues there. And then I mm. think, in some ways, as much as I wholeheartedly agree with him, the way he responded to it, I think, compounded the issue in a lot of ways. Um, Ablett, whether it's fueled by the the fact that he liked Israel's tweet, remains to be seen. Again, I don't really think it is because he was getting booed beforehand anyway. Yeah, um, I think that's a bit of a red herring. But to Ablett's defence, uh, to his credit, I don't think he really he didn't dig any deeper. He he outlined, I think, on his on his Instagram why he did what he did. Didn't try to argue it. He just said, "This is why I did what I did." And if you like it, great. If you don't, you don't. But this is who I am. Blah 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 blah. Um, yep. He ultimately still unliked Izzy's post anyway. Mm-hmm. So whatever. But yeah, it's certainly like the guns. The gun players are the comp, and it's look. It won't be exclusive to to footy, but they're a target. Um, yep. And it's, I guess it's a strange thing. I compare it to the the thing that instantly springs to mind when it comes to international sports is NBA because I, I don't know that much about soccer or or the NFL or whatever. But when a player changes team, let's say LeBron, he doesn't mm. get booed. Mm. Um, they applaud him and kind of thank him for everything he did beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And it's, I guess you get a little bit of that over there because players move within teams, in and out of uh, teams. It's far more fluid over there than it is mm-hmm. here. There's still so much of that. You are a 
Team X player. You will always be that to me. And if you leave, you are my number one enemy. And I mean, yeah. I always dreaded back in the day that Jimmy Bartel might potentially leave Geelong. I, would, I had the tissues ready to just cry yeah, my eyes out if it ever happened. And it didn't. Yeah. God bless him. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I think a lot of this stuff stems from some tall poppy and then the way we mm. view players within the AFL in terms of mm. uh, this honour that goes with mm. remaining at your club. Hey, people booed Stephen Milne for 10 years, so... <laughs> there was a few other comments that people would make to yeah. Stephen Milne as well. Exactly right. Rightfully so as well. <laughs> uh, and our, uh, to close out the show, we have a listener question from at Tillhouse underscore on from uh, the Discord. The it is what it is Discord. Uh, he writes in and says, I would love to hear your thoughts on the current state of Aussie politics, especially regarding the Liberals putting out the word that Labor can't hold up the economy when in reality, Labor have had a much better run with the Aussie economy in recent years. Would be a nice change from US politics at least and fitting considering an upcutting, upcoming federal election. Thank you so much for the question at Tillhouse. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. Upcoming election, um, you know, Labor is running on the instability of the Liberal Party and, and the Liberal Party is running on Labor's um, mishandling of the economy. Uh, where do you where do you sort of sit in the whole grand scheme of things? If you come, a lot of people, some people aren't comfortable talking about their political, how they're leaning. Uh, where, where are you sort of finding yourself? I mean, as a teacher, I'm typically, mm. it's typically associated that we tend to go Labor. Um, and mm. I have on a few occasions over the journey. I'm not, I'm not in my uh, so fixed in my mindset that I'll always vote one way no matter what. I'll always sit mm. down and I'll do the reading. And if it means that I vote Labor, I vote Labor. Mm. Um, and which, like I said, it's more often than not been the case. Um, yep. In fact, I can't even think of, I can't even think of a, a, lib, a time that I voted for the Libs or in mm. some way that would favour the Libs. Um, mm. But I'm not so close-minded that I won't explore other options and give it a lot of thought beforehand. And I can understand why the Liberals are playing the card they are in terms of uh, Labor's supposed inability to maintain budgets or whatever the mm. case may be. Uh, but the decisions that Libs made, for example, led to our shitty NBN. That mm. would not have been the same had Labor remained in power. So um, they can make all the comments they want, but the mm. compromises they try to make in order to make a more profitable Australia or whatever whatever their argument is have led to lesser services as a result. And maybe we wouldn't have had Game of Thrones artifacting if that were the case. <laughs> um, uh. So, and then, what? sorry, you were saying, what was what was Labor's counterpunch? Just so Labor was sort of running on the instability of the Liberal Party. You know, I mean, that one, that one, I'd, I'd like to think they'd have it. Abbott, Turnbull, ScoMo, you know, the whole thing. That one, I'd, I'd like to hope that they have a better card to play than that because it's not like yep. they didn't go through the same rubbish a decade exactly ago. Right. Um, yeah. And they've got so many cards they could play, so it surprised me they go for that one. But um, mm. whatever, I guess. If they believe it's working, yeah. good on them. Yep. What's your stance on uh, uh, the whole funding... Uh, sorry, the finance issue there? Hmm. I yeah I I generally do lean that way in that you know for an economy piece I always sort of lean more towards liberal for that you know for that reason um, labor socially I sort of lean towards labor because of their social stance 
and Aline, and then I, I I find myself very much in the middle, um, and I say that I don't align myself to either party. I dis I actively dislike both parties. Yeah, um, for good but reason. If you have to vote. For, you have to vote for one of them, right? I feel like voting for an independent or a Greens is almost throwing it's your throwing vote away. away. Um, but I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, because we've got an election coming up in the next, you know, couple of weeks, and I, honestly, if I could, I would abstain this year. Like I really would. Like I don't want to vote for either of these guys. Um, I'd like to see I someone make it through a term and then actually give them a... Yeah, I know, right? Um, I really do. Like, I was thinking about this today. I was really trying to think about... Like, I saw this ad pop up and it was, you know, this is what the coalition and there's, you know, bloody Dutton and and Abbott and ScoMo. And, like, I, I quite like Scott Morrison. I, I do. I like him better than Bill Shorten. Uh, what, sorry, when I say I like ScoMo, I mean I like him better than Bill Shorten. Yeah. I don't like ScoMo. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like any of these guys. Best of a bad bunch, but, that sort of idea. Yeah, exactly right. And he is the best of a terrible bunch. You know, some of those guys like Dutton, Abbott in particular, are, you know, bad, bad news bears. Um, and if there's a if there's a chance that, you know, there's a preference given to one nation party, then, you know, that, that to me is, you know, I can't even comprehend. Um, yeah, I'll follow. But the Labour Party, again, I just, I find them just to be, I find them to lack backbone sometimes um and i find them to be very flippant in the way that they treat the economy uh almost to a point of um irresponsibility with the way that they do things sometimes uh and but the liberal party is probably on the other end of the spectrum where they don't do enough like you said with the nbn like we're in this situation with the nbn because of the way that they handled that situation not wanting to spend more money um so yeah like i've been thinking about this a lot i'm looking forward to the next debate um because i i haven't i honestly haven't like i, I would say i'm leaning more towards labor but by like the skin of my chinny chin chin the hair on my chinny chin chin yeah it wouldn't like, take much very to m- convince you to go the other way no um, and, and like i said at, at, if, you, if, if we had to vote for today and i could i wouldn't vote because that's fair enough i just i'd yeah, I just don't want to... I don't like either of them at the moment. I'm really disappointed with our government at the moment. Um, but I would... if, Yeah, I mean, I, I can't abstain. So as of right now, I'm voting Labour um, only because I, I can't, you know, give a vote to a party that has, at this point in time, guys like Tony Abbott and, and Dutton and that kind of thing running around. So, um, but it's, you know, the debate's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with next. Yeah, I mean, the... The important thing about it is that the fact that those two parties in regards to financial spending, mm. specifically, um, the fact that they're almost so polar opposite, ultimately bodes mm. well. You get you get one leadership that's in there for mm. God knows how long because they're uh, knocking each other out all the time. But let's say mm. you're four years, whatever it ends up being. Um, well, in that period, the Libs are, you know, they're banking money, whatever it is. Labor sweeps through. They take over because whatever reason they they actually spend some of that money and it actually gets distributed somewhere and then the libs will eventually take over these things come and go there's cycles that ebbs and flows it's it's all normal and i think it ultimately it does work out for the betterment of australia in the long run there's just a Mm. few stupid things we potentially have to endure along the way that for as well as ultimately grand scheme the finances get managed there's short-term stupidity that still occurs along the way that ultimately flushes one party out Mm. yeah i agree I agree. Um, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8bit.net or search the 8-Bit Collective hashtag on Twitter. And remember, if you can spare a dollar, it would mean the world to us. If you could head on over to patreon.com slash we are 8-Bit, 
and uh, give uh, give whatever you can. Any kind of support is very much appreciated. If you can't support, that is completely fine. All of our content you can get for free anyway. And you can follow us on Twitter. Paul is at Paul James Games. I'm at Cruzy underscore mate. And 8-Bit is at We Are 8-Bit on all of the socials. Paul, pimp your stuff. Tell the people where they can find you and your amazing content. How long have you got? Um... <laughs> Not long. <laughs> as, as you spoke about Paul James Games for myself on Twitter, uh, you spoke about Dev Diary as we uh, as we began the show. Dev Diary is my real baby at the moment. Well, sorry, not my real baby. My my <laughs> kind of work baby, whatever we want to call it. It's not my real baby. Mm. I've got a real baby. Um, uh, the I creative da- baby. Yeah, my creative baby. Thank you. Uh, I sit down with game developers from all around the world. I guess the best parallel for for eight bit consumers is the video game version of what Jono's doing with putting work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sitting down with developers from all around the world, different perspective, whether they're designers or artists or sound designers or whatever the case may be, and they're basically just sharing their story about how they've come to be where they are in the industry to this point. Um, we get some big names, we get some small names, skewer ones. They're developing games basically via Patreon, others that have been in the industry for 30 years. It's been been really, really good. I've uh, gotten some big names, got a few more that I'm working on the back ground which will be exciting if they actually get up uh and we'll see how it all goes but then i for player two i do reviews opinion pieces features i do patched a weekly podcast series where we just talk shit about whatever the hell's going on in the games industry at the time mm. the insider is mm. me and the camera talking about mm. a particular topic and my other one which i kind of bring my teaching background in with my passion of games it's called gamer school i've only had one kind okay. of series of it so far because it's taken me a long time to get it done and with this moving of the house that I'm currently doing it stalled everything that I'm doing in that regard at the moment but I've done one series of it it was dedicated to the the Mana franchise where I basically just break down the entire history of a franchise mechanics the actual history uh, sales finances whatever it might be I try and break it up almost lesson by lesson quote unquote Um, that's cool so I'm looking I've got the second one away it's it's about Tomb Raider um Oh, and cool. I just need some time to actually get it done. So moving into a new house might actually give me the time I need to to do it. Or finish the job. Punch it out. The script's done. It's three times the length of the last one. Um, oh wow! I just now need to sit down with a microphone and get it recorded. Awesome, that's cool. That's Looking very, forward very to it. Cool. You're a good man, Paul James. I try my best. You're a, you're you a are too, man. and you're a hard worker too. No. I fake it. <laughs> I fake it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, if you've enjoyed this show, head on over to iTunes, give us a subscribe, leave us a review. Does help get the world out and do does help get the word out. Doesn't help get the world out, or maybe it does. Who knows? And do the same for Paul James and the Player Two and all of the amazing things that he does over there. And if you've got any questions for myself or my guests for next week, you can always email us at our email. It is what it is at 8bit.net. Or uh, hit us up on the aforementioned Twitters or in the, jump in the 8-Bit Discord like we got our question from this week. And shout out, as always, to our wonderful sponsors, Audio Technica, for hooking the 8-Bit Collective up with all the best audio gear in the business. Make sure you head on over to www.audio-technica.com.au for everything you need in the way of audio gear. Paul. Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you this evening. It's great to be on the show been thoroughly enjoying it no no uh bad words to say about tom but this is this is what it's meant to be this is yeah, the main attraction with this one tom i love you don't hate me too much <laughs> oh, i'm sure he'll get over it uh he gave, me, good the, man, Paul he gave James. me the who's your daddy and what does he do things so he really tried to steal your thunder on that one. <laughs> oh very good very good well, until next time friends 
It is what it is. <laughs>